Hey everybody, what's going on? Install Education back for another year. Uh, we're going to start this year off right with uh, letting you save some money. So two of our favorite uh, people are the Core360 belt and Human Locomotion, which is Dr. Thomas Schaud. So don't forget, if you use the code Gestalt for the Core360 belt, you get $5 off all belts except for the ohm track sensors. So Brett, what about what, what are some of the Mashaud's favorite, uh, some of your favorite Mashaud uh, gadgets? Well, I mean, he's got a he's got a trunk full of gadgets, but I think my my favorite one definitely would be the we I mean, we use a Topro quite a bit, mm-hmm. uh, the Topro, and then I think the Varus and Valgus Post have really given people like a nice option if they're not want to take that leap into like a customized orthotic to kind of um, you know a good option for the patient, but also for, to let them kind of like you know bring the power back to the clinician to kind of decide where to post it. And so I, I think those are the two probably ones of Tom's stuff that I love, and of course his tie. I can't get enough of his of his human locomotion. I mean the book is still to this day pure insanity. So. Beautiful. Yeah. Don't forget to use the code Gestalt on both those, the Core 360 belt and then also Human Locomotion links are in all of our podcasts. And we hope you guys like today's episode. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Gasol Education Show. Uh, today, we're kind of rounding out our Phoenix trip, Brett. So it's been a great week here in uh, in Phoenix. And uh, we've been here like a month. It feels I feel like, like I have been here so long. <laughs> we got a lot of accomplishments. We put it that way. So uh, for those who don't know, we had uh, Michael Shacklock teach the front end of the week and uh, for our neuro, his neurodynamics hybrid course, which is awesome. Brett, we've seen that so many so many times recently, and it's it's just gets better every time. And then uh, you're finishing up the week with DNS baseball over the weekend, yeah. And then we're basically going to turn around and do the exact same thing in Jupiter uh, next week, which is it's looking good on paper, but yeah, we'll see if we survive or we may need a two for one of divorce by the time this ends. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, it's it's uh, it's awesome because we get to run into so many awesome baseball people at the at the course, and and today we're going to sit down with one of those awesome people. So uh, Dr. Lisa Thompson, she uh, is a chiropractor. Out in California, uh, she's the past president of the California Chiropractic Association. She treats everything from uh, from high level uh, baseball players to uh, you've got a, a thriving. Uh, PI practice as well, which is uh, it's awesome. I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. But uh, we're just sitting down, and uh, you've been lucky enough to sit through, uh, which a bunch of our speakers have mentioned, uh, Greg Rose's uh, speaking course. So yes, lucky, lucky enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if everybody enough, right? would say lucky. Yeah, it's intimidating. No, very lucky. Well, well, let's let's set the standard right now. We expect big things out of your public speaking yeah. because you said <laughs> that. But then, and if not, it's Greg Rose's. Fault. Exactly. So we don't have any nerf balls to throw at you right now. But may, maybe just talk about some of those key takeaways and maybe how that's affected your patient, uh, your, your practice, how, how you communicate with patients. We know you're great on stage, but maybe some of the things you took away that have, have made you great with patients. Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, thank you guys for having me. I'm honored to be part of this podcast. You guys have, have some unreal guests, so thank you. Oh, well, you're number um, one. So, so. Yeah, 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 thanks. How much wine have you had? <laughs> Enough. <laughs> uh, so I was just saying that... Uh, you don't want to know. <laughs> it was literally the week before COVID hit, uh, I took the public speaking class with TPI and uh, Greg Rose and Dave Phillips, and it was phenomenal until it, it, all my speaking gigs got canceled because of COVID. Um, but it, it was it was really intimidating. They're, they only allow, 
it's less than 20 people and they have you go up and in front of everybody you speak and they record you and they critique every little thing and then they have the audience critique you and then next round uh, the things that you didn't do well or that you could improve upon which was different for everybody some people had trouble making eye contact and some people would just they put their head down and would like walk away uh, my big thing was I wasn't loud enough uh, I, I was supposed to speak like I was yelling because that was what my good speaking tone that was, was even yeah. though it felt <laughs> like I was yelling um, and if you did any of that bad stuff while you were speaking the second time then people would throw stuff at you we had little nerf balls and whatever they could find that wouldn't actually hurt you was just kind of laying around just emotionally hurt you I mean is this hazy it's kind of uh, but it made you very aware they signed a disclaimer yeah yeah you're fine yeah it was the world's too soft it's fine yeah but I I do when I am in my practice I do speak up more I, I do sometimes get back into that talking quiet but I were you uh, were you scared of public speaking before this? Oh, or? 100%. Yeah. Um, I, when I first started speaking, it was, I don't know, four or five years ago now, I remember I reached out to Dr. Sean Drake, and I said, hey, I'm helping plan uh, the California Chiropractic Association's convention. We need a speaker to speak for one hour on technique. I said, who do you, like, you know some of the best people. Who do you recommend? And he said, you. And it was like, shit. Can we swear on your podcast? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Um, so it was like, okay, I, I, I know my stuff. But I wasn't comfortable on a stage. That made me so nervous. Uh, but he was right. It would take me out of my comfort zone. And oh, not too long before that, I was introducing speakers at an event, and I got super nervous. I remember going up there, and my heart was racing. And I'm like, I'm just introducing people. This is stupid. <laughs> so I told our staff, like, can you have me introduce people every single event because I, I need to be out of my comfort zone. This is silly. So I ended up speaking at the event that uh, I reached out to Sean for and I was hoping nobody would show up. Uh, we had a couple tracks so I was hoping that most of the chiropractors would go to a different class and 130 doctors showed up to listen to me talk about ankle mobility and it was awesome it was super scary and there was some faces in the crowd there were like people I had so much respect for and was nervous to speak in front of them I remember Steve Capobianco was there and he came up because we were having like technical difficulties in the beginning and he said do you want uh, or do you need any wires or like is there something you need I have everything and I remember thinking I want you to leave <laughs> I actually just don't want you here you're making me nervous uh, and he's fantastic so he's almost was, like the nicest guy in our profession oh, literally yeah, yeah he was great I, I went up to him after and told him that I was very nervous that he was there and he was great he's like you did awesome that was so good it was like Okay, I don't know if you mean it or not, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'll That's take it. it was so, what do you so think makes for a good public speaker? Now that you've kind of like studied it and you're doing it yourself, like what what are the the traits that make for good public speaking? Well, I, I mean, one just being able to go up there and be charismatic and somebody can listen to. I know we've all sat through lectures that are just boring. Um, for me, I always want to provide value. I also it's frustrating to go to a class and you sit there for an hour and it maybe keep you awake but if you're not getting any value like that's that's not great so right. those are my big two things like I want to interest and I want to know 
know my stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I remember it, the first time I ever spoke, like, at a small thing in college, uh, there was one time I knew my stuff so well, and I went up there and killed it, and I'm like, oh, if you actually know your stuff really, really well, it's not as bad. <laughs> it's not as scary. Funny how that works. People <laughs> question you, and it's like, oh, well. It's when you're too. nervous and you don't know your yeah. stuff, yeah. that's when you're in trouble. It's a definite yeah. combination. Yeah, right. yeah, and not to say that I don't get nervous still. Sometimes I do. It's human nature, I think, to get nervous sometimes when you're speaking. Um, but I also, like, I was telling Taylor before, uh, there was another opportunity I had to speak at the California Chiropractic Association Sports Symposium, and I helped plan that. I have a big role in that, so I didn't want to speak because I'm busy, and I'm, I'm checking in on the speakers, <laughs> right. I'm checking in on the exhibitors, right. and just really busy with that. So uh, our past, one of our past presidents, Dr. Leslie Hewitt, said to me, you have to speak, and I'm like, no. No, I don't. She said, you have to show other females that it's okay to get up on this stage in a male-dominated profession, especially in the sports world, and show them that it's it's okay, and you, it's a place for females, too. It's okay. And right. So it's more, it became more of a, yes, I enjoy it, uh, and it's also to help kind of hopefully pave the way for other young up-and-coming females who have a lot to offer and their voices need to be heard and we just need to give them the confidence to be out there and speak up. We can say now, I mean, what are some of the barriers that you came across in, in that thought? Like, what are what are some of the things that you would tell a young, aspiring female who's wanting to work with, you know, in the athletic world, what are they up against? Yeah. Oh, nothing. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's You're no fine. barriers. Fine. That's, fine. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. 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 Next question. Uh, so a lot. So I, I think for a lot of females, it's hard to if you're speaking. One, just leave your family for the weekend. I'm just saying, I'm missing my son's first base or first basketball game right Do now. Do not I'm cry. Never, I'm not going to cry. We've well, actually we've had a lot of people we've cry. We've had a lot of people cry. Lot of people it's cry. not Don't cry. Me, you're not crying your eyeballs I wine, I might, but I'm more, male, not more males than females yeah. cry on this podcast yeah. so <laughs> don't yeah, keep that reputation going uh, so it's hard to leave the family uh, I it, it's really important to have a supportive spouse I think my husband this is the longest class this is a three day class that I'm here for so this was a big ask to say hey I'm going to not only go to a seminar for three days but it's not in California I have to fly somewhere so it's hard to leave the family and so my husband was great this weekend taking care of the kids my kids start school tomorrow after three weeks off for Christmas break so tomorrow morning will probably be rough um (laughs) Uh, so that is obviously difficult and then just it is intimidating like I I listened to you speak Brett and I listened to Sean Drake who uh, did a podcast with you earlier and I think so much of you guys and it's like oh you guys you're men you know what your stuff and it's so it's hard it's intimidating as a female I think in the sports world especially in chiropractic in general just not as much anymore but was men for so long right. and I, I feel like I, I didn't see very many women on the stage and when I did see women on the stage they were talking about issues for the most part that interested more females and I just want to talk about sports right so it's it's a different world and uh, once somebody talks to me they know 
I know sports and I know my stuff, but it's uh, there's definitely people who are skeptical sometimes sure. and they're like, well, what, what does this chick know? What is she doing up there? She doesn't know sports. It's like, try me. <laughs> do, you, do you have anybody that you've looked up to or uh, it could be female? I know you said some, but uh, specifically female that you've looked up to as far as lead blazing that path or do you feel like you're somewhat of a lone ranger or, you know, where, where does that kind of lay with you? You should have asked me that ahead of time, so I had time to think about it. Uh, there have been plenty of females. I know, do again, Dr. Leslie Hewitt did kind of, she's a big advocate for females, and she helped uh, encourage me to step up. She encouraged me to step up and run for president of the California Chiropractic Association a couple of years ago. Um, but I think of, like, Sue Falsoni, a physical therapist. Like, I see her speak, and I'm like... She, she knows her stuff. She's awesome. That's somebody who I can aspire to want to be like. So, that's but, you know, I mean, you can know your stuff, and that doesn't mean you convey your message well. So, 100%. what what do you think? Like, what are, what are the keys in your eyes of knowing your stuff, but still being able to, as an educator, be able to relate that message well from the stage? Yeah, uh, and that's something I'm still learning. Uh, but I think having great mentors helps with that too so again I, I mentioned Sean before but Sean Drake has been awesome for me yeah he's, and, he's a stud yeah, yeah and going like so I think Sean learned a lot from Dr. Rose and so Greg Rose has also taught me a lot and is like they're both such awesome people where if I have any questions or need help with anything they're there to help like, yeah, they're just no good. Quite, Both of them are really great. good people. Yeah. yeah, it always surprises me. I'll reach out to Greg with a question, and he can he'll get back to me. Like I have trouble getting back to the text messages I get on a daily basis, <laughs> and he'll email me, and it's like how, I need to work on my time management because if Greg can do this, and it's always like last time I saw him right before I left, he's like, "If you need anything at all, reach out anytime. I got you." And it's like, really? But he means it. He's he's. He's there. So I think having mentors that uh, can just you can learn from and watch and kind of do what they're doing. And yeah. Uh, I always tell a story about myself as far as feeling uncomfortable. Like I've always, I don't know why this is. I remember being uh, in St. Louis. We had this, uh, this riverboat. It was a McDonald's riverboat. And I remember looking out in the Mississippi and thinking, this is the most petrifying thing I've ever looked at. Like, does anyone ever swim in this? And now, as it turns out, and you two have been with me, we water ski on the Mississippi and we, uh, you know, we have fun out on the river and things like that. So do you think that um, it sounds like you're a little bit uh, attracted to doing things that make you feel just a little bit uncomfortable? Because most humans will find, especially in our profession, they don't expose themselves to things that make them feel uncomfortable. And the one thing I've learned about feeling uncomfortable is whatever you're not wanting to do, once you do that thing, you're so glad you did that thing. But like most people, 99% of our profession are gonna like find a reason not to do it and then they miss out on this like insane opportunity to get themselves better. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and I'll say one of my favorite books is The Obstacle is the Way. So big fan of stoicism and holiday. Gosh, we hear that. Every single time. Yeah. 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 Across the board. Yeah, um, but it's true. And I think for me, uh, when I was president of the California Chiropractic Association, that's one of the things that I grew the most with is learning 
one, I, I met so many people who I was like, oh, this person's a big deal. I'm nervous to talk to them. And they're just people. Like, it's, <laughs> we put people up on this pedestal sometimes. And, and that's fine. We can like and appreciate people, but also understand they're just people. Right. Um, so, one, that was helpful for me. But And people would do that to me, and it blew my mind. Where people would be, like, <laughs> nervous to talk to me. And I'm like, what? Like, this is... It, I'm just one of you. It's weird. Um, one of us. One yeah. of us. One. Um, and then I started just asking things. It was like, uh, I, I think of Craig Rose again, where I asked not too long ago, like, can I come just hang out with you for the day and chat to you? And he said yes. And it was like, he's like, oh, hey, Lisa. Like, yeah, come on down. And I've taken, like, every class with him. I know Greg. Um, I know him well. But it was like, oh, that was easy. He, he said, and it was like, what, what happens if he says no? Nothing. He says no. <laughs> right. I, no he right. says no, and I, I, or he just, it just on, doesn't work, and I move on. Like, I, I didn't, it wasn't like I was asking something weird. Like, yeah. if I ask people, and in planning our sports symposium to, like, reach out to some people who I have a lot of respect for and just be like, hey, what do you think? It's like, you want to come speak? And they're like, yeah, that'd be awesome. It's like, oh. Okay. Well, I think we've learned some of the similar lessons with this podcast of like, so we get a little intimidated by certain guests today being one of them, of course, but, but uh, once you get down to the nuts and bolts, again, they put their pants on just like you and I do. They like to drink wine usually, cheers, and little things like that. So uh, yeah, once you just get over that barrier of just... You know, not being afraid of the outcome is, yeah. is perfect. It's, it's kind of like treating patients, honestly. Like, a lot of times you are a little bit afraid of what the outcome is going to be, but sometimes you take those leaps and uh, figure that out. So um, let's, let's maybe kind of shift gears over to, to treatment. So uh, what, what's kind of in your, your toolbox? Um, what, what are things that you are incorporating into your daily practice and, and uh, that, that are getting you good results right now? Yeah, so I'll say the first, let's see, my practice, I'll have had it open for 10 years in May, so I'm super excited to reach that milestone. But at first, I thought, okay, I graduated, smart, I'm good at talking to people, I'm just going to... Subtle brag. I'm just going to open the doors, and I'll be super successful because I'm a good person, and I'm good at what I do, and relatively intelligent. This is not how it works. No, it, <laughs> it's every, not how every, it works. Everyone goes through that. I can speak yeah. for it. Peter over here, I guarantee he can speak for the same thing. So yeah, you're not alone yeah, on that. Yeah, it's like, okay, now I have to figure out what to do. So then my strategy was, I'm just going to go in network with every insurance company. This is the way to go. That's not the way to go. <laughs> um, so then I, and I had I had little kids so my son I think was two or three I think he was two when I opened my practice and then I think a couple months after I opened my practice I was pregnant again with my daughter so I it was busy and I was mom and so it was, it was hard to figure it's like okay well, I'm taking insurance this this ash network thing is only oh, yeah, paying me like $20 is, visit that is literally the devil literally the yeah devil. so it's like, okay Unreal. I guess I have to be high volume which is not me at mm-hmm. all that's just not who I am is high volume um, which is fine if that's who you are. This just wasn't for me. Um, so I started taking, I think the first time it was like, okay, I can get away for a weekend. I'm going to take a class. It was uh, TPI. I went down to Oceanside. I'm not, I, I golf, but I'm not good. I'm, I was a soccer player. Um, I could kick a soccer ball really hard. Um, but I went down to uh, 
I'll challenge you. I know you played soccer too. <laughs> do that. We'll do that after after some wine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it it blew my mind the stuff I learned at TPI because so much of it translated not just to golfers but just human movement. Everybody, yeah. yeah. Right. So the very next Monday at practice, I was doing things that were. It, I, I felt like I was missing stuff the first I don't know five years of practice probably a little less than that, but I felt like I was missing stuff where I learned like, okay, it's more about the whole body. Like, yes, this person's coming into back for back pain, treat the back pain, but also figure out why they have back pain in the first place. And I didn't get taught that as much as I wish I did in school. Uh, so then I went, I asked Greg, like, what else should I do? Cause then I took racket fit and then I took uh, I don't know what the order was, but it was on base you hitting and on base you pitching. And he's like, you have to take SFMA. Okay, take SFMA one, take SFMA two. And one of the best things about all those courses is if you take them once, you can then audit them anytime. So then I'm taking them again and every, and they're always growing and learning and adding more to their seminars. So, every, yeah, they are. so right. it's like you take it once and then you get to learn every time. So every time I take one of those classes, I learned more. So I really got into that world, but I know there's a lot more than just that world. So I started like, okay, what what else can I learn? Uh, and it's funny because it, I didn't say hi because I thought he was going to be here all weekend, but I saw PJ at the bar. <laughs> uh, when I first got here, I went down, I flew in. He was with people I didn't know. So I didn't say hi. I'm like, oh, he's here. Oh, he'll be here all weekend. And I don't know if he'd remember me or not, but I sat next to him at uh, the World Rehab Congress that Dr. Craig Morris played. Yeah. You were there? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, sat next to him like towards the end of the weekend, towards the end, and it was like just a, a it was such an intense, like so many brilliant minds. It was, crazy, it was intense. It? Yeah. So I feel like he and I were both kind of like struggling to like stay focused by the end. So I ended up talking to him. And uh, he was talking about all the different, like, oh, there's McKenzie and there's DNS and there's functional movement and like going down the list. And he's like, don't be the person that's like, that's what I do. Don't identify by like, I'm the, I'm just the DNS person. I'm just the McKenzie person. I'm just the functional movement person. He's, he actually wrote, he was taking notes for me because class was going on. I didn't want to be too rude talking. Um, he, and he wrote in my notebook, like, something like make it your own, like take all this stuff, like do it all. And then like figure out who you are. How can you contribute? And I actually was going to tell him this weekend. So if he listens, he'll know. Uh, I took a picture of that and I added, I added it to one of my slides at the very end of my presentation. So a lot of times it'd be like, Hey, learn as much as you can and make it your own because there's so many, like, how can you contribute? Do that. So I love what I'm learning this weekend. PJ, he's an absolute superstar. We always like, yeah. we're like, what is PJ's gold medal? Because he does so many things really, yeah. really well. One thing he does really well, I think, is like the integration piece. Like he is very good, like you were saying about not like tucking himself into one camp yeah. and like really understanding. And he, to me, over the years, he's definitely always asked really good questions. Mm -hmm. And that always helps me somebody who really is understanding, you know, all these different concepts. And we're all doing the same things. We all, we all kind of know that so many of these techniques and systems have so much to offer. The hard part is like, what is the fluff and what is the actual thing that we need from these different systems? And I think, uh, of all the head trainers and all the the different professional sports, I think PJ's he's at the top at being able to do this really really well. He's actually got the more you're around PJ, the more you understand he does. He actually does a lot of things really well. That's right. Well, it's really cool also because there's so much subtle 
and not so subtle overlap in these classes. Like listening to your class today, it's like, oh, that reminds me of this from SFMA or whatever. Like there's overlap and it, yeah. it's just taking what you're good at from all the little things, how you can help most and, uh, and just always be growing and learning. And what I think is so funny is I think everybody kind of thinks that like behind closed doors, like all these technique systems hate each other, but the reality <laughs> yeah. of it is like, we're actually all friends, you yeah. know, like when we get together, whether it's PRI, whether it's uh McKinsey, whether you name the technique, yeah you know, we, we do this, like we all get together and we make fun of each other and we say like, this is what you're good at. And you know, yeah. kind of the cliches. Cause we all get tight casted into thinking like for DNS, it's, Oh, your only baby exercises or, you know, whatever the cliche is. It's more and, than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> DNS is like looking out into the ocean, but people think that it's only, you know, 12 baby exercises, but you know, well, that's for a different day. But anyway, so that's, uh, I think that's what kind of makes this really fun is that, uh, the integration piece. And I feel like, you know, we always say like, you know, if somebody runs into a little bit of money, they're the most annoying people in the world, but the people that truly have money are amazing human beings, you know? And I think that it's kind of like this, like the people that are at the top of the profession, they're so good. They're so open to just like listening to everybody. Capo's a great example of that, oh, yeah. you know, like, I mean, that guy's the nicest guy literally on planet earth. So, um, I think the, the profession is kind of blessed with just like really good people that are just continuing to try to move the dial and, and you know, what we do every day. Absolutely. And it was one of, Greg sings at the ends of his class, he'll say, if you have a better way to do this, like show me, I'll show you mine. You show me yours. Like let's kind of, huh. yeah, but it's great. And that's at Brett, the, keep going. Stop. <laughs> um, she, I mean, she said it. I mean, I Brett, just let her finish her thought. <laughs> and at the last California chiropractic association sports symposium, that was kind of my goal was to get like some of the top people from all these different worlds. And, expose it to different like it changed how I practice like learning more like th I was who's I was talking to Neil today and telling him like god I love that guy oh he's awesome and he kept coming over, coming over and was helping me with some stuff and he said or uh you're talking about Oh no! What was the when you were when he was twitching? <laughs> reflex locomotion. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I don't know anything about reflex locomotion. Like now, every time I come to these classes, now there's like three more classes I want to take. But I feel like the more I learn, the less I feel like I know. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think the other thing everybody has in common they're just lifelong learners. Yeah. You know, I mean, like whether your your mentor is. Pavel Kolash, whether it's Carol Levitt, whether it's, I mean, Greg Rose, or Mark King or whoever, Craig Cook, be, like yeah. every, everybody is, it's almost like you want to say quest, but a better term is crusade to like, just continue to get themselves better, but more importantly to get the whole profession better. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, I mean, to bring it back to the California chiropractic association, that's why I stood up and like ran for a position. Cause I feel like with, people who just want to, it's all about the patient, really. Like, right. That's, it's all about the patient and to have the, just the best people who really just care about the patient. And it, it makes us all better. The more we learn and the better our education is, then the better we can treat the patient and the so world will be a better place. So going so good in your life. Why in the hell <laughs> would you dip your toe in the world of chiropractic politics? Yeah. I'm joking, but not joking. So, what made you decide, like, I mean, obviously there had to be some reason why you decided to do that. 
what is the number one reason that made you decide that you needed to be involved with uh, the pol- the political side of the profession? Yeah. So I, when I first opened my practice, I was at a California Chiropractic Association event, just a small local event. And I met a doctor, Dr. Andy Enos, and he was, his, his practice is right down the road from mine. And he had been practicing. Sorry, Andy, if you're listening for call you out, calling you out on this, but he started practicing, I think the year after I was born and uh, he doesn't like when I bring that up around him. Um, but amazing man. And he said, Hey, uh, would you like to come to one of our local leadership meetings sometime? I said, yeah, of course. Um, so I, I went to one of the meetings and they had, or the California chiropractic association had their lobby day coming up that like the next month. And they, I say they, there was also a couple other, uh, local district leaders who had been in practice for a while who didn't want to go up to lobby day. They had been up there every year for many, many years and they wanted somebody else to do it. New blood. So yeah. And I had recently graduated. I, I had no money. I thought it was like so cool. Like, Oh yeah, you're going to send me to Sacramento. I'm just going to fly up in the morning and fly back at night. Like I thought that was awesome. I remember being all excited to call my husband. Like I get to go on a flight. Like, we have no money. Look what I'm doing. Um, but when Center Seat Southwest probably was, yeah. Um, but I then when I got to Sacramento, I realized like we're meeting with senators and we're meeting with assemblymen, and it was kind of blew my mind how important it was. I had no idea, like nobody else is fighting for our profession, our right to practice what we're able to do. Building reimbursement. Nobody else cares about that. It's just chiropractors. I think of COVID we, in California, we were able to stay open during COVID because we were seen as essential workers. And for a, a long time, there's, and it still continues. There's a fight like, Oh, chiropractors and, we're not loved in Sacramento. Uh, but I saw how important it was for us to be there and have a voice and speak up. So I always tell people, you may not want to be the one that's going to your state capital or your the nation's capital. You don't have to do that, but be involved somehow. Like, right. we'll take your money. Like, just be a member. Like, it, it doesn't matter what it <laughs> yeah, is. Right. And everybody has their different things that they're good at. So some people will are good at reaching out to... Uh, uh, the district leaders legislatively, and some people are good at uh, writing letters or whatever. P- they know insurance, and they're helping bu- uh, bridge those, make those bridges. It's the wine now. Bridge those gaps. Bridge yeah, those I, gaps. I, I know what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> we got you. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I just realized how important it was, and it wasn't like, oh, I want to be involved. I love politics. I hate politics. But I saw how important it was. And so it was more of felt like a moral obligation, like I have to step up. And as far as becoming president goes, it was not the most exciting idea. But I just felt like if our profession thinks I'm the right one for the job, I'll put my name out there because it's important to me. And I'll work my ass off for the time I'm there and do whatever I can to help the profession. It's a noble I, cause. I, I mean, it really is. I love what is, we yeah. do. I love being a chiropractor. Yeah. I love helping people all day. I, it, it, like, it feels so good yeah. to help yeah. people all day and to be able to help them without the drugs and without the surgery. And I just think the more 
we have that, the the world would be a better place. Yeah. That uh, sounds cheers. Cheers. It's like, <laughs> yeah. seriously, that's, it's, it's not about me. It's mic dropped. It's right. ended there. What? So you, we were talking before we got on here, you know, some of the struggles that like our female chiropractors have, mm-hmm. because you graduate from school. I mean, on average, let's say you're 26 to, you know, 30 years old, which also is in those key years. You know, a lot of us are getting married. We're having children. So then all of a sudden, like you've started a practice year, you know, you got all these world pressures on you. So, I mean, how do you reconcile like all of those, you know, you're, you're asked to, you know, still, you know, run a practice. You're wanting to be a good mom. You're wanting to be a good wife. Like, I mean, how do you, how do you do all that? You know? Well, it's a lot of work, so I won't try and downplay it. Like, it's like, Oh yeah, no big deal. Anybody could do it. No, it's hard. Uh, some days are easier than others. Uh, but at first for me, the first five years, so I, I graduated, uh, Palmer, Florida, 2010. And then in the first five years after I graduated, I got married. I had a baby. I opened a practice. I had another baby. So it was like, go, go, go. I, I say I couldn't get away for seminars too much. I, I breastfed both of my kids for over a year. So it was full-time mom and full-time mom, full-time wife, full-time, yeah. like <laughs> all of it. Uh, my first baby was a C-section. So it was like me, I was like, I am not having any medication. This is not how it's going to go. Uh, that's not how it went. After 42 hours of labor, they finally, the drugs. Yeah, they finally uh, decided that that was the course we were going to take. My, my second was luckily not that case, uh, but all of it's a, it really interferes with growing a business. Uh, so one, just having a supportive family, uh, not only yeah, my awesome. husband, but his family, my in-laws have been great. My, my parents live in Georgia now, so they weren't here. <laughs> so Tough, that was yeah. hard. Uh, so just, I don't know, having that support system and asking for help when you need it, which yeah, is something I didn't do when my son was little. I There was plenty of times I needed to ask for help more, and I didn't. Uh, so learning that it's okay to ask for help. And a lot of people want to help. Mm. That was one of the great things about uh, joining my state association was when I reached out to, for help, I was a little nervous because the doctors I knew were local. They were all close. I'm like, why would they want to help me? I'm competition. Nobody saw me as competition. And I've learned that about chiropractors. We just want to help each other. So for the most part, it's it was great. So to be able to reach out and say, hey, I, I have my first PI case. What do I do? And they're like, we'll get a lean first. Like They were more than happy to help me and help me grow. And I think I mean, I'm in Los Angeles, so it's easy for me to say, but if I'm not successful, it's not because of the chiropractor around the corner. It's me. Like there's, there's plenty of people that we can reach. So, uh, ask for help. It's not always easy. I won't, I won't say that. Like, I'm not going to pretend it is because it isn't always easy. Um, but getting good sleep, taking care of yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's beautiful. And maybe uh, you kind of answered it, but maybe what, what role does communication play in that? Obviously, you and your spouse or you and your husband mm-hmm. are, have to communicate in order to, to make all this happen. But then uh, we've talked about your speaker skills. We've talked about all those things. Like, What role does communication play in your day-to-day life that allows you to, to succeed like you have? So I think I'm, I might be an over-communicator sometimes because I think that's one of the biggest problems that arise in any situation is just 
there was a lack of communication. So I think my office manager, she's fantastic. She's, she's graduating college this year. So she's still a college student. And there's so many times she'll ask me like, well, do you want me to call and talk about this? Do you want me to ask this person? That? Yes. The answer is always yes. If you think there might be like some communication we should do, then yes, yes. do it. Even like with this class this weekend, I, I, mentioned it to my husband a while ago. I'm like, Hey, there's this class I've been wanting to take. PJ told me at that event, like you have to take DNS baseball, but don't take it yet. He goes, wait until like we're redoing it. Brad's redoing it. Like take it in a couple of years. So it's like, okay, now is the time. So I like prepped him and then I reminded him and then I reminded him like it's yeah. over communicated. Like we're to the point where it's like, okay, I know this is important. I, I get it. Uh, so communications, <laughs> well, I can, I can speak as a dumb male pea brain. I, I do think that it's, uh, females are a little communication helps because <laughs> it is. I know it's yeah. important. My wife and I that we talk about all the time. What's our number one fight with our our spouses? Our schedule, schedules, forgetting about things and stuff like that. So I think yeah. the communication I can just speak for myself is like that is the number one thing that always gets broken down but can never be overdone. Well, the yeah. one thing that's come up, like I feel like in the last like two months of our podcast that we keep coming back on is work-life balance, whether that is actually it's a, not thing, a thing, like, it, like <laughs> stuff gets, thing. can get so sideways for a second. So I think everybody thinks like their day looks like a pie chart. Like, you know, for, for this amount of time I'm with my wife, then I'm with my kids, I'm at work and that's not reality. So the reality is like things get off kilter a little bit, you know, when it's getting off kilter and then you, hopefully you can, you're able to like self-correct and fix it. So, 100%. so you're an you're an advocate of thinking that world uh, work life balance is not, not a thing, and I hate like on social media it's all these oh yeah. it's all about balance and balance. no that's not a thing, I, not not in my world anyway. I, maybe it is for those <laughs> some other people, but it's not for me. And yeah, so like this weekend it's more work and me, and then I promised my kids that I'd do something fun with them when I get home, and then my husband and I are going to plan something. So it's like. Yeah then it will be more family and then uh, then I'll need to go back to work. So it's, and maybe that is balance. Maybe, maybe that's what balance is, but. Do you think I, there's something to be said for like your kids also? And I know this isn't the cool thing to say, mm -hmm. but they look up to your parents that are out like changing the world a little bit. And that, that, you know, they kind of look at that. I mean, cause there's the one, there's a work-life balance argument on the other side of the continuum. It's like, Wow, my mom is out like literally making stuff happen and changing yeah. the world. And so I'm going to tell a fun, funny story. It's funny to me anyway. Uh, my daughter the other day, she's eight and she is ridiculous. I can't, I can't wait till she's a teenager. Uh, the other well. day I was driving her. I am, uh, with all my free time, I decided to coach her soccer team and I was driving Classic. her. Yeah. How's that going? <laughs> yeah. we, we were actually undefeated. So then they asked Let's me, to, so then they were asking me to be the all-star all team coach. Well, so now I have to do that too. It's like, okay, Everybody I have to, down. I, oh, that's another thing. I get good at saying no for that. <laughs> that's something else I'm learning to do. Uh, so we're driving to soccer practice and she goes, mom, the other day at school, I had to do a little write up and they wanted to know, or we were supposed to write for your next birthday party, name three famous people you'd invite to your birthday party and why. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, so who did you say you, you wanted to go? And she said, um, Heidi Klum. And I'm like, okay, she's, she's cool. She's That's actually interesting. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And, uh, Sean Mendez. And I'm like, okay. Sean Mendez. I'm like, why Sean Mendez? And she goes, well, he's young and he's a good singer. 
and he looks good. And I'm going to marry Sean Mendes. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Uh, and then she said me. So it's oh, like, wow. okay, that's Do cool. not start crying. No, no, I won't. Yeah, no, I won't. No, no, we, we've already no, made the rules. I said I crying. wouldn't. I'm not crying. But it was it was pretty cool. The whole Sean Mendes thing kind of threw me off and... I'll give her a, she's eight, but oh, I remember man. thinking I was going to marry John Travolta when I was about that age. So Greece. Yeah. Uh, no, look who's talking. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's, I mean, that's a perfect segue to, to kind of start to wrap this up and, and, uh, may, maybe can you just end us with, um, we, we didn't want to go down the whole female route. You, you said you've talked about it enough, but I, I think it is important for, for females to be, feel inspired in this profession and to feel like they can talk because, uh, some of our best podcasts have been with our awesome females. I mean, I can think of tons of them. You're next on the list. And so can you just give a, maybe a little bit of a pep talk or a, some advice for those people? It doesn't have to be female either that our younger profession that are, are wanting to take over the world that are wanting to have a leadership role that are wanting to do those things. Like yeah. what, what are some things that they need to be doing now? And, and maybe just give them a pep talk of why it's important to strive for those things. Yeah. Well, it- there are so many, and this is what I have told some of my females who have asked, I've asked them to speak and maybe they weren't interested in speaking at events. They said, you have so much to offer. You have so much to offer and to not speak because it makes you uncomfortable. It's like, if you're not getting uncomfortable, sometimes you're not growing. I was, I try and do something uncomfortable, even if it's little every day, like something, cause that's how you go. And then I, I see my 11 year old son like doing that and it's huge because he is like, He's he's going to be a great leader someday. Like his brain, it's so cool to watch. But I think whether it's female, male, even if it's somebody who's been in practice for twenty years, who has a ton to offer, like it's not comfortable for anybody when you first start, and you may not have all the answers, and it may not go well the first whole bunch of times. <laughs> that happens. It's okay. But if your heart's in the right place and you have something to offer, why would you keep it to yourself? Like stand up, speak up, reach out to me, reach out to these two. Like every, there's so many people who will support you and answer your questions and like help get you right. to where you need to be. Have, you, have your heart in the right place and you can do it. I didn't think, oh, so nervous the first time I spoke. I still get nervous sometimes. Uh, but it gets easier. It gets way easier. Yeah. I think it's perfect. Uh, I love it. Uh, I think and have some humility. Maybe uh, uh, yes. I don't know if I've taken anything from you is have some humility in, in those actions. But be confident. I mean, yeah. like you said, we, we all have... a. a so much to add to this profession and to this, not only the profession, but the musculoskeletal world in general, yeah. you know, like working with professional athletes, working with uh, grandma down the street or you're not your little leaguer or things like that. I think that just continuing to keep those people at the forefront and then making changes across the, the musculoskeletal landscape. And I mean, if we can all get on board with that, everything's going to be a better place. So. Well, I think too, I mean, like whether you're James Andrews, whether, I mean, you name the name, like whoever we've talked to, it is what always fascinates me is everyone just thinks they got to a certain point. Like James Andrews tells a story. I mean, he had people beating him down. Like, you know, so, I mean, I think it's, it's kind of important to understand, like you don't just like everything doesn't go your way. Like, so when things don't go your way, what do you do to kind of, you know, we always have those moments like, gosh, darn it. Like you go home and go to bed that night. You're like, this is brutal. 
But for some reason, I feel like some people, and uh, I think we're all in that same category, you wake up the next day and I don't know what it is, but you're like ready to fight again. Like you go to bed, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm done. done. I'm done. Never coming I'm back. done. Yep. I'm done. And I don't know what it is. You wake up the next day and you just feel like I want to take the world on again. So I think that's an important quality that, you know, uh, all successful humans have, whether you're male or female. But I mean, I think that's yeah. like a, that's an important quality. So. Beautiful. And you have that. Well, thank you for what you've done for the profession. Thank you for oh, being a leader. Thank you both. And uh, uh, thanks for thanks for being here this weekend and sitting down with us. I, I I can't wait to go back and listen to this. And and uh, yeah, I think making yourself a little bit uncomfortable every single day is a, is a good just a good overarching goal. That uh, yeah. if you make yourself just a little bit uncomfortable every day, good things will probably happen at the end yeah. of it. So. Absolutely. Beautiful. Th- thanks for having me and thanks for the wine. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. That's the one thing. We got to shout out Jeff Barron. So uh, one of our favorite people this week, he, he dropped off one of our favorite bottles. This is a, a bottle of Turnbull. Uh, Actually, I've been to Turnbull. Yeah. yeah. Uh, subtle great, brag. Great, uh, not great a great subtle brag. That was a direct brag. No, I, I wasn't... <laughs> For no. the record, I wasn't trying to be subtle, though. Yeah, exactly. I was, was, you did get that was invited an over to, You did get invited to a certain seminar in Napa next year. So anyway, that that was maybe a, a precursor to a podcast at Turnbull. So, okay, there uh, you hopefully. go. Hopefully. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll make that happen. <laughs> so anyway, guys, I, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I know we did. Uh, what an absolute superstar in, the, superstar in the profession. I can't wait to see uh, the, the, the where she's at in another couple of years and uh, how she has more of an influence. and. Uh, Stay humble and uh, keep seeking mentors and uh, be better every single day. So uh, good luck with patience and uh, have a great day. Go Pack Go. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gasol Education Show. Uh, if you liked it, share it, subscribe to it, uh, send it to your friends, send it to someone that needs to hear this message. Uh, we really want everyone to be able to, to tune in and, and get the, the best clinical advice that they can, which uh, we're hoping that we're giving to you with these special guests. So um, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Or if you have any suggestions on upcoming uh, conversations, let us know. Uh, for a list of our upcoming courses, we're adding them all the dang time. So go to gestaltedu.com, click on courses, and they'll all be right there for you. All right, have a good day.